Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's happening, everybody? Welcome in episode six of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. I'm your host, Andy Dirt Johnson. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, some good downtime, some good food. Enjoyed all the sports that was on your television. It was a, a busy week in Portland, even with the Hawks being gone. You had the, the PKI basketball tournament over at the Memorial Coliseum and the Moda Center. So a busy week of sports, football, hockey, everything going on this weekend. Basketball, a lot of fun. And uh, we tried to uh, come out with a new episode last week. Just was hard to get everybody's schedules lined up with the Thanksgiving holiday. The players wanting to spend some time with their families on Thursday. The team was on the road Wednesday and uh, Friday. So a challenging and a difficult schedule. So we're back this week and uh, got a lot to get to, lots to digest. I know Portland's coming off a rough weekend, but you look at what they did in the month of November. Uh, opening the month, they, they blew a lead to Prince George and lost in a shootout, and you thought, ah, that's a, that's a tough one. And then they didn't lose again for about three and a half weeks until this past weekend. The first time all year they've suffered back-to-back losses uh, in regulation, so that just kind of highlights how this team is playing and the way things are going here 22 games into the season. The top team in the Western Conference, the top team in the U.S. Division, and uh, it has been a lot of fun to watch him so far uh, early on in the season. Coming up in a bit on this episode, we'll catch back up with Mike Johnston, the head coach and general manager of the team. I love just kind of periodic throughout the season, catching up with him and see how he feels about things. He's usually a guy that says, hey, you know, talk to me in December about where my team is at and the way that we're playing, and then we can go from there. He likes to kind of feel out the start of the year and to have, you know, 17 wins in 22 games. That, that's about as good a start as you could ask for. I'm not sure anybody saw that coming, and uh, so I'm curious his thoughts on the way his team's playing, what is upcoming for them, and then the trade deadline right around the corner uh, in the WHL. It's coming up early in January, so a little over a month away. Is he eyeing any moves? and kind of what is he, how does he want to handle that? So a lot to talk to uh, Mike about, and we'll get to that here in a little bit, but we'll start this episode, as I always enjoy doing, with the play-by-play voice of the Portland Winterhawks, Nick Merrick. All right, let's roll on here on the Portland Winterhawks podcast. Joining me now, as he does on every episode, is the voice of the Portland Winterhawks, Nick Merrick, who sounded great on television this past weekend, calling the game up there in Seattle. Wasn't a great one for Portland as the winning streak uh, came to an end. Buddy, first off, how was your Thanksgiving? Everything go good? Andy, appreciate it. Things went really well. Obviously, a little bit different this time of year. The, the PKI Invitational was, was a blast to kind of see here in town. And uh, earlier in the week, it was exciting seeing that get set up. And I'm a big college basketball fan, too. So mm-hmm. uh, I got to enjoy one game, actually. Made a different Thanksgiving and, and saw my uh, UNC Tar Heels play, although it wasn't a great week for them. But, <laughs> man, UP was playing some great ball. Um, I can't believe how well they did at PKI. Uh, so that was fun. Dad came to town, and then and then he got to go up with me to uh, both Seattle and then Vancouver. So, uh, kind of a rare weekend on the road for the Hawks. Typically, the you know the team likes to have those home games, uh, 
over Thanksgiving week here at the VMC. But, you know, obviously it didn't work out that way, and it was it was kind of fun to get a little change of pace, and it was a great Thanksgiving. Well, that's good to hear. I totally forgot you're a big UNC guy, and they were in town. So that's exciting. You got to go watch your college your college hoops team play. That's always fun. They don't come out to Portland, Oregon very often. Let, let's get to the games uh, from this weekend. You mentioned having to go on the road. I mean, the, the last time we talked a couple weeks ago, we took the week off for, for Thanksgiving, obviously. It just, I mean, it felt like Portland was never going to lose again. It's kind of back where you were at the start of the year when they got off to that great start one of the best in franchise history, and then you suffered a couple losses, and then there they were again, just rattling off win after win after win. So before I get to the good, let's get to the bad. But just What did you see this weekend? I mean, Seattle kind of took it to them after Portland was able to win the first two matchups earlier this year, the Vancouver game, a 3-1 to loss on Sunday night. What did you see? Anything click stand out to you that, uh, that, that, that went against Portland this weekend? I thought the first two games, the Hawks beat Seattle. They played more of their winter Hawks style of hockey. It was better controlled from Portland. They did a really good job there playing their game, getting to the front of the net, creating chances early, getting that momentum and that rhythm started kind of from the opening puck drop. Uh, but we saw on, on Friday's game, maybe a little turkey hangover there for the team. Um, you know, coming back, it's, it's a different travel. You come back on Wednesday night. You have Thursday where you're trying to relax, I'm sure, with the billet families and, and see one another, at least if you can, in the evening time. And, you know, you're also dealing with a couple of injury bugs, which is never great. But teams have to handle that and learn how to, you know, troop through those types of things so uh it just wasn't a great start to that game in seattle and that kind of hurt the hawks i think overall because uh, when when seattle or portland you know plays the lead they're, they're very effective and we saw that on friday when seattle got the lead they never relinquished it yeah. uh, though you know there was a couple of pushes there from portland uh power play tried to get things going they were kind of hit and miss but overall the tempo i you know i can't tell you the last time if at all this season uh the team was outshot by 10 plus in a single game. So that kind of shows how much the Hawks have been dominating this season. Uh, but, you know, you, you tip the cap to Seattle. They added a couple new pieces. They got Jared Davidson back. He's one of their alternate captains. There's no official captain to get from Matt Odette's team, but I'm sure that'll be coming eventually after all these trades finalized. Uh, Nolan Allen, he was the player that they, you know, they essentially Seattle traded the farm for in a, in a move essentially to put all your chips in on this year, maybe next year, if you get him as well as a 20 year old, uh, if Chicago decides to send back their first round pick and Allen looked really good. It just kind of helped Korchinski back there. Cause uh, you know, defense was kind of the biggest struggle for Seattle in that first meeting. So they yeah. shored that up by adding him. Uh, we didn't even see Luke, Luke Prokop yet. Uh, he was out with an injury, which is unfortunate because I've only heard great things about his game. i uh, kind of excited to see him play within the U S division. Uh, but you know, you kind of tip the, you tip the cap to Seattle. They, they pulled a little page of the Portland winter Hawks books with six different goal scorers in that one. Um, and then, unfortunately, you know, the team couldn't respond on Sunday. But uh, in Vancouver, I'm sure we'll chat about that in a little bit. But I think the one thing to note, I know it stinks to lose. And I was kind of reflecting on this on, on our drive back from Vancouver. Because thinking about it, too, from the Winterhawks' perspective, nobody likes to lose. I don't like being around, you know, after a loss. Like, nobody, right. nobody wants to sit in that because it's tough. Like, you, you know, you're invested with the team. You want the team to succeed. But at the end of the day, you take a deep breath. You say, okay, Team's dealing with some injuries. Good chance for other people to get some different line perspectives. You're getting different players on the second power play, the second and third penalty kill. And, you know, you're going to find that benefiting a team later in the season. And the fact that we're talking now after Thanksgiving, and those were the first back-to-back losses for the Winterhawks in regulation, that's pretty impressive too. So it, it, comment, it compliments uh, Andy when he said it was the best franchise start in team history, and, and it still is. Uh, you know, 17 wins in the first 20 games mm. plus two bonus points there. Uh, it is the best 20-game start for the Hawks ever. So uh, pretty incredible. But, you know, some, some things to work on and, and hopefully some players to kind of step up in some of these absences. 
Well, and, and I think to your point about Seattle and, and the players that they're adding to the roster, and we'll see what Portland's going to do now in the coming weeks, but exciting to think about those matchups the rest of the season, how good they both are in the Western Conference. And I mean, Portland's like nine points clear of Everett, who's the number three team in the Western Conference right now. They're five points clear of Seattle, but those teams are going to be battling all year. And to your point on the, the schedule, it not, I mean, the, the last time before this Friday after, think, or, uh, after Thanksgiving that they lost, last time was all the way back on November 2nd, and it was the blown lead against Prince George. They ended up losing in a shootout. They went almost the yeah. entire month of November without losing a game. They almost got out of the month, and then you know a couple of tough ones, and now we'll see if they can bounce back as we're recording this here tonight against Seattle. But uh, let's get to the, the consistent play because that what they did in the month of November was really eye-opening, and the, the amount of goals that they were scoring, the offense was clicking. You were getting great goaltending. I mean, I think, I think the, the power play numbers, too, jump out to me. I mean, the number one power play, I believe, in the entire Western Hockey League, a ton of shorthanded goals uh, when they were when things were rolling and we'll see if they can get back on track tonight against Seattle a tough matchup uh, what was standing out to you when you were watching them win all those games yeah you're right the power play was one of the big big uh, leading catalysts there for that Winterhawks team it was kind of a strong team play overall and I feel like we've said it a lot but it was just different puck distribution different players scoring obviously you know Gabe Clawson for an example started the season unbelievable right he had six goals in his first two games uh then of course had a little bit of a minor injury there that kept him out for just a couple of games but when he came back he was still effective but in that transition period if you will when Gabe Klossa got injured it was a new player stepping up and we saw it start right after week one it was different players each and every game kind of producing different players recognized by as, as the three stars of the game mm-hmm. uh which yeah it's a little fluky right but because obviously the, the media and, and the personnel on site kind of um, will call out who the three stars of the game are, and that's when it gets announced in the arena. But the fact that you see so many different players on that and we're only not even in December yet, it kind of shows how well the team's been distributing offense. Defensively, he's been really good. Jan Spoonar has had a great start uh, to his season. He's still uh, you know, doing impeccable things, just that one loss in regulation uh, um, against Seattle earlier in, in last weekend. Otherwise, he hasn't lost a game outside yeah. of that regulation time. Janucci's been great. I mean, we've always said he's been dialed in. I feel like he's been playing some really strong hockey as of late, too. And the defense is coming around. So you're kind of getting a little bit of pushes from all sides of things. Um, and I think there's a lot of positivity to take for. I think the next jump for the Hawks is going to be just finding that consistency now, which is funny because they had it before. And it sounds like, you know, why are you saying that, Nick? Like the team has 17 wins in what, 22 <laughs> games. Um, right. But it, it's just, it's just kind of like playing more of the full games. Cause I thought the team came out on Sunday in Vancouver, which needed to be a response. The giants just lost before they were shut out by Regina. The winter Hawks had that tough game against Seattle. They lost by five. And Portland came out of the first period looking really good. But then it just kind of let off the gas a little bit in the second mm-hmm. period. And a couple of shorthanded goals against, which is pretty unconventional for the Hawks. They haven't done that at all this season. Um, so they gave up some, some goals on their power play, which um, you don't often see for the top team in the Western Hockey League in power play numbers. Um, you know, and, and then just a couple of defensive mistakes. But it's those messages that the team will learn. They'll work through now early. And if you're going to get losses, get the losses now in November. Don't get them in February and March. So that, that's obviously the biggest takeaway point. I know the guests in the podcast have always said they wanted points early, which, of course, you do. Mm-hmm. You don't want to surrender points. So if you're in those tough, tight games, you want to pull away with it. Well, it really wasn't a tight game against Seattle on Friday. So you're okay. You just take some messages. You learn from it. Of course, maybe on Sunday you'd, you'd want to maybe try to fight back and sneak out a point. But he's been playing so well. And you don't have Dawson Pasternak. He injured himself on that Friday game in Seattle, you don't have Butazoni, you don't have Shelter, you don't have Chizowski. So there's four consistent forwards in your lineup. 
who are no longer a part of the club, you know, right? Because they're still dealing with their injuries. They're on the mend. Um, and, and at least three of them for now that we know are, are week to week. So probably won't see them at, at earliest until just before the holiday break, if we get lucky. Um, but then you have to have some defensemen kind of step up in those forward goals. I thought Josh Morey played great as a forward in his time uh, there with Seattle. So it's, 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 you know, it's interesting because the lineup's got to be a little versatile. Um, you're bringing in some affiliate players now for the first time. You're going to see a couple more, I think, later this week, hit the rosters um, from the affiliate player perspective and get some new prospects in to get some time in Portland. So long-term, it's going to look good. Short-term, you know, you're scratching your head thinking, ah, shoot, I'm missing, you know, X <laughs> amount of goals and X amount of power right. play guys, PK guys. But, you know, it's a learning curve. And I, I think the team will figure it out. And this is always with Mike Johnson. We're hearing from him today, too. He always says he looks at his team around the Christmas break, so we're right around there, um, and then the team will really be able to evaluate where they stand in the standings. Well, I, I think it's a great perspective to have, too. Where I, I think one of the hardest things about following a team, whether it's as a fan, a media member, or somebody that covers them, whatever the case, like getting not getting too high with the highs and not getting too low with the lows and understand, like this is a yeah. long year, man. We got games on the schedule in March. Like this, We are a long ways away from this thing being over. And so, you know, when they win a handful in a row and they have such a good month in November, it's like, they're never going to lose again. And then they lose back-to-back games, and it's like, oh, my God, what's happening? Why are they losing back-to-back games? Right. And it's good to have the perspective on who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup, and all that stuff matters uh, throughout the course of the year. Now, you just pointed to it. I'm excited to, to talk to Mike here in a moment about it because I, I can't even imagine, and I, I'll go back. I can't, I can't remember you know how you felt at the start of the year, but as you point out, Mike always likes to say, I mean, talk to me in December, right? I, I got three months. I'm going to yep. figure this out. I got some young guys. Let's see who fits. Let's see who doesn't. They made a trade, got rid of a defenseman. All right, we named our captain they're kind of feeling their way through and for a team that says oh you know we'll talk to you in December to have what 36 points in you know however many games they played so I, that's a that's a pretty good start to the year so I gotta imagine they're be they're feeling pretty good what was your thought coming into the year because I can't remember how you felt in the preseason and how if you knew how Mike felt I they, they got to be over the moon at the start that they've been off to and now we can see when the real season for the head coach begins hundred percent. Obviously, Mike will answer this one better. I'll just give Nick Merrick's media perspective of it coming into the season. But you know, on paper, the Winterhawks looked good. Um, I, I had a sneaky suspicion that you'd probably not see a Tyson Kozak and you would not see a Cross Hannis. Uh, obviously, those two have come true and they're doing terrifically in the American Hockey League, which is you know its its own funny caveat in its own right. Because I remember Mike. Uh, was kind of saying, you know, he gave a quote in the summer and said, well, you know, it's unfortunate that we don't have those guys available for this season as 20-year-olds. But in that same regard, doesn't that mean we're doing our job? And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, the whole point is you, you want to push the guys pro. You want them to advance their careers, be it on the ice, in the school, um, or both. You know, so the fact that that's happening, it's like, shoot. Because, you know, you play the what-if games. I, I almost did that last year. Like, oh, what if, what if Reese Newkirk came back? Um, you know, outside of even Seth Jarvis. Like, what if the team just had Newkirk back in that yeah. role he'd play as a centerman? Now you look at this year, like, well, wow, what if this year's team had Cross Hannis and Tyson Kozak and they had to stay in the Western League? Like, this team would be even more next level. So I knew the team was going to be good because you get those players taking the next step, but that's what's so exciting about the Winterhawks. Like, there's always that next player that comes in and you're waiting for him. Like, you're looking at him in the previous year and saying, okay, this guy had some really good flashes. Can he make a big jump? And, and two guys in particular that, that I kind of want to highlight, Kyle Chizowski and Marcus Nguyen. Mm-hmm. I thought they both were outstanding rookies. I guess you got to kind of call them two-year rookies because of that COVID season. They only got about 15 games in. Um, but both those two really elevated their play this year. They're playing awesome hockey. I know one of them's injured right now, and I hope Chizowski comes back. But, you know, it, it proves something. He's wearing an A on his sweater. He's a leader in that locker room. He really is kind of thriving in that role. 
And maybe you won't find that if you get a cross Hannes or a Tyson Kozak back. So I think that's really you know kind of exciting to see that there's so much depth in this system, and it may not look like it now, but the more that teams start to play more minutes, those guys get in into game situations, you'll find some new developers. Um, and I, you know, I don't think I thought this team would win 17 of the first 22 games. Andy. I, I really don't, but I feel like they'd be in the top part of the U S division. I had no doubt this is a playoff team coming in. Like that's, that's a no brainer. Chalk them up. Like I could have penciled that. I could have put that in pen, ink, <laughs> had, had somebody sign it and say, okay, Nick, uh, this is now you're legally bonded to it. Like I would have, yep, no problem. Where's, where do I sign? Um, you know, just cause that's what Mike Johnson teams do. But then you look at it now and thinking, wow, okay, this team's kind of really impressing. Like, they got off to a quicker start than I think Mike, Mike would have imagined, the coach would have imagined, I would have imagined, people in the office would have imagined. And that, that just kind of speaks to the character in the locker room and them coming together and, and how tight they are. Um, and then it's funny, too, because I'll, I'll kind of end on this one. You know, I feel like I got so many people asking me questions and they'll come up to me during games or they'll shoot me a note on social or text me and say, you know, oh, do you think the Winterhawks going to add so-and-so or look at this player? Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, the fact that the team's already in this point right now is interesting because it's so early in the season yet. Yes, the trade deadline's in, in early January, let's call it. I think it's January 10th or something like that. Um, but the fact that you're looking around the league, too, and, and the team's got so many wins, do you want to trade a 1-1-2-3-4 and three players right now to, to acquire an asset like Nolan Allen? I don't, you don't need to do that. I don't, I don't think you do. Hmm. You know, this team's pretty good with, from within. So I, I feel like, uh, you know, in terms of that trade talk that everyone's trying to, trying to bring into the picture because they want to win another championship. And it's exciting because that's when those conversations are happening, it usually means the team, you know, the fan base wants to go for it. I love hearing that. But I think just tap the brakes. I'm sure Michael settle everything down here uh, when you chat with him as well, if you bring this up. Um, but, you know, it's one of those like just, hold on, let's see how the team goes in December. Let's wait till after the holiday break, see if there's a team that, you know, kind of wants to move just to more of a role piece. And, and maybe the Winterhawks only trade like a fourth-round pick because those picks are valuable for the Hawks. They do not miss very often in the draft. I mean, look at Marcus Newen, right? He's drafted 11th round. Kyle Chizowski, first pick. Team didn't have their first two-round picks that year. He was the first one they took. He was a round three selection. He's been unbelievable. Like, the team doesn't miss. It's, it's insane. Um, so, you know, those things then be, have kind of extra value for Portland than, than they would uh, maybe even for other teams. So it's going to be fun to see how this next, uh, I guess I can call it the three-week stretch with Mike. Like, I'm yeah. kind of curious to see what, what kind of a run this team goes on because now is when you're going to see who really wants to play with those injuries. Somebody's going to step up. you got to play some big Western Conference opponents. you got Seattle a few times. you got Everett a few times. Victoria hopefully is a more manageable game for you this weekend. Uh, and then looking ahead, it's it's home and home with Vancouver, who obviously just played you tough. So there's some exciting ones ahead as well. Yeah, I, I love the point on the deadline too. It's immediately where everybody's mind goes, right? It's coming up a little over a month away. What are they going to do? Who are they going to add? It's, I like the point. Hey, they 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 got 36 points in 22 games. They've won 17 of their 22 games. That, that's pretty good. So they might not need to add anything uh, to to the roster. Right. Now uh, I love this time of year because uh, well, Lord knows my wife jumps the gun early. Like she decorated for Christmas before uh, Thanksgiving, <laughs> like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving was like, ah, screw it. She had the day off and, you know, we got all the Christmas stuff up. The day after Thanksgiving, we're up cutting on a Christmas tree. Lord, you know, Lord knows where. So we're immediately on to the holidays and I feel like the Hawks are going that direction too. Uh, we got a couple of really cool things coming up and I want you to tell the listeners uh, the toy drive, which is a big thing every year. And then a game that I'll be at that I cannot wait. It's for, like a bucket list thing for sports fans in the Northwest. If you haven't been to a Teddy Bear Toss game, you need to go to a Teddy Bear Toss game, but let the listeners know what they need to know about the, 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 the toy drive and the Teddy Bear Toss because they're both coming up here in the next two weeks. 
No, thanks, Andy, for that. You're right. It definitely, uh, definitely tis the season, right? <laughs> um, toy drive games on, on Friday night here at the VMC, December 2nd. Great game against the Victoria Royals. Hopefully, you know, team can, can get back in the wind column in front of the Hawks fan base on the weekend. Uh, but it's just a great initiative with, with Les Schwab and Fox 12. Uh, it's a part of their toy drive. The Hawks have partnered with those two um, to, to kind of make the holiday season memorable for those in need in the area. And, and they partner, uh, they as in Fox 12 and, and Les Schwab partner with 50 plus uh, local organizations that the Winter Hawks are tapped into as well. And uh, all we're asking is just to bring any new unwrapped gifts to the VMC for that game day. And uh, just one, you know, you just have to bring one. If you want to bring a couple, phenomenal. Yeah. You don't have to bring any, but it's, you know, you buy a $10 toy at a Fred Meyer or you're, you're roaming around and see something at the toy store with your kids. Like, just think about grabbing another one, an action figure, a doll, um, you know, some Hot Wheels, something you would enjoy, and just bring that to the game. Those will all be donated to local organizations uh, for those in need for the holiday season so that way they can have a memorable Christmas just like we all will. Um, and then the Teddy Bear Toss game, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Andy. It is the best game of the year. Maybe outside of playoffs, right? Everyone yeah, sure. playoffs, but for the, <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> for the regular season, I've always called it, it's the best celebration in sports. There's nothing like it in any sport, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, NASCAR, golf, you name it. This one takes the cake. When you're on the ice and you're, you know, you're playing a team game and that first goal goes in and the audience and the crowd, the fans get to get involved with it and, and they take their teddy bears that they purchase as well and they throw them on the ice and then all those bears get donated. It's insane. Like the fact that there's, you know, aspiring professional players on the ice um, scoring a goal, going for their own celebration like you know any <laughs> hockey team would do when they get their hugs in the corner and there's bears toppling over the boards and coming onto the ice. It's, it's a sight like you would never imagine. I know many Hawks fans tuning into this, of course, they've been to many of them, as we all have. But uh, if you're a new listener or maybe you're stumbling into this one, it is such a fun game. I'm already hearing there's over 8,000 seats sold for that one as well. So we're approaching a sellout, which is going to be unbelievable. And that game's right around the corner as well, Andy. December 10th, Saturday night against Seattle, so need more reason. It's a great rivalry game, um, and that one might absolutely blow the roof off this VMC. <laughs> so it's going to be a thrilling one. Uh, I'm kind of excited, too, because, uh, Andy, it's going to be a little different for me. You and, you and Mike are going to be able to call the game on television, so maybe if you aren't in town, you can't make it. You could tune into Portland CW. You could tune in to Fox Up in, in uh, the Seattle area, but I'll be kind of roaming around with a little mic, and I'll do a little in-arena emceeing that day. So it's going to be kind of oh. fun. To, I'll have a different approach. Well, you're helping me take care of the broadcast duties for the game. So um, we'll, we'll try to bring some exclusive interviews throughout the game as well, which might be fun for the fans to kind of get a little different taste of a teddy bear toss. That's really cool. And a great. I'm glad we brought this up because you're close to a sellout. I mean, sometimes you feel like you can wait. Oh, they won't sell out. Won't be. Go get your tickets because they could be gone soon. That game's coming up a little over a week from tonight, uh, a week yep. and a half, I should say, uh, from today. So uh, Seattle at Portland, Saturday, December 10th. And then, as Nick mentioned, the toy drive coming up uh, this Friday. Really cool occasion. Great stuff that the Hawks do in the community, and I love the impact that they're making. So if you can, donate. And uh, I cannot wait to get back out. College football is done, so my weekend duties are over. Oregon season did not end great, but hey, you know what that means? That means it's time for more Winterhawks hockey, and I can't wait to get back out to the VMC and see you soon. Thanks as always, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. That's what we like to hear, pal. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great holiday season. Looking forward to seeing you at the rink here in a couple days. 
All right, continuing now on the Portland Winterhawks podcast with the head coach, general manager of the Winterhawks, Mike Johnson, our good friend. And uh, we always love catching up every couple of weeks just to see how things are going. So, Coach, first off, thanks for the time. I know you had a lot of travel around your Thanksgiving, but let's start there. How, how was uh, Thanksgiving at the Johnson household? Well, we were going to stay on the road, but we played in Seattle on the Wednesday, or we played on the road in Everett on the Wednesday night, and we had a game against Seattle up in Seattle on Friday. We decided to come home to Portland and allow the players to enjoy some Thanksgiving time with their billets and uh, the staff as well. So it was great on Thursday to have a day off and, and have our Thanksgiving dinner. And then we got back on the road again up to Seattle and then into Vancouver for, for two games on the weekend. Is it kind of tough when, with your team? you got to, you know, you, hey, go enjoy your time with your family, but hey, don't enjoy too much. Like, I don't need too much tryptophan running through your system. Do you have, is there any warning there? Or you just say, hey, you go go enjoy your time with Thanksgiving. No, we always have a plan for the day, and we want to make sure that our players on Thanksgiving got out, got active. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of sickness going through the team uh, the previous four or five days, so we were really concerned about that. So we wanted to make sure that the guys – Stayed with their billet family, and it seemed like the flu was just uh, mm. going through our team for about a week. And so they uh, got out of active, but stayed home that day, had a nice Thanksgiving, and then we went up to uh, Seattle and Vancouver. Yeah, you mentioned, I'm glad you brought up you know, the, the, the flu going through. I know you got some guys that are banged up right now, too, and that's just, I mean, it's a product of playing a, a physical sport. But how, how are you feeling about the health of your club as you're now, what, a couple of weeks away from, from the holiday break um, and, and the depth and the ability to maybe fill in for some of those guys, especially on the offensive side, who are going to be out maybe for a bit? Yeah, we've been uh, kind of struck all, all of a sudden with, several forwards being out yeah. um, so we we had last week we had four forwards out for the Everett game and three for the uh, Seattle and Vancouver game so we had those guys out with injuries and then we had a couple guys with sickness our defense which is the strength of our team has been quite healthy so we're, we're happy with that because uh, they're really the core group that that drives our team I think and then uh, our forward depth as far as our scoring goes that's a little bit of a concern right now, so we're going to have to make sure, as we talked to the team about yesterday, that we really take care of our own zone and we really take care of the puck tonight against Seattle. Yeah, Seattle, it's going to be a fun game tonight, back at home uh, after that road trip over Thanksgiving. 22 games in, uh, Coach, and, and 17 wins in those 22 games. I just, you know, how you feeling? I haven't talked to you since kind of right as the season was was, was uh, tipping off. How you feeling now that we're, you know, about a quarter, a little over a quarter away into the year? Well, obviously, we've had a great start, Andy. It's one of the best starts in franchise history. Mm -hmm. And uh, I give a lot of credit to our players over the summer, how they came back and and both the fitness wise and just prepared after losing out to Seattle last year, they came in with a real determined attitude and it showed in the start we had to the season and at every level, whether it's the NBA, the NHL, NFL, getting out to a good start is just so important. And the trailblazers know that it's, it just takes a little bit of pressure off, gives you a cushion for when you have times when your play, team is sick or injured right. um, or you're in a little bit of a slump. Uh, those things are going to happen during the year, but if you get out of the gate early, especially up until the 20-game mark and you're sitting in a pretty good spot, uh, then it really helps for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I know. In, in talking to a lot of your players on the podcast so far this year, they, they've all echoed that sentiment that they felt like maybe they left some points on the board early in the season last year that they wanted back at the end as you're kind of in those conference and divisional races. And, God, if we would have won that game in January or December or November, uh, you know, maybe we would be in a different spot now. Now, you like to say usually kind of, you know, we'll, we'll see. Like, get, let's get to December. Let's feel this thing out and see where, where things are going to go from here. Uh, if I if I had asked you at the 
start of the year. Did you envision this good of a season coming? Is you know, as your opinion maybe on the year changed at all because of this great historic start? Now that we're to the point in December where it's kind of like, all right, now it's time to get going. Well, usually, as you know, I I look forward to the twenty game mark because that gives us a an indication of where we sit in our division, where we sit in the conference, uh, kind of our projection as a team as we head into the trade deadline in January. If we may want to add a piece, we think we're right there. So for me right now, when I look at our conference, uh, Kamloops is a very good team, but we've played, we've played well against them. Seattle's a very mm-hmm. good team, and we've played well against those guys. So it's, it's where you sit at the 20-game mark, but also how you've played against what you consider the top teams in your conference. And I, I, I feel we're very competitive. It's going to be an interesting December as the teams uh, handle players being away at the World Junior and, and different things happening with their group. And then the new year, once the trade deadline happens on January 10th, then it's really a sprint to the finish. But I think we're right there. I, I really do. I like our group. I like our depth. I like our youth. So uh, it's going to be an interesting stretch run. Yeah, no doubt about that. You mentioned the deadline. I, I know we do have a hard time as a society, I think, focusing on you know enjoying the now and let's not look too far ahead. But I have heard from a lot of Hawks fans that are already looking ahead to the to the deadline because you mentioned it's a little over a month a month away. D- does a start like this change the way you view or approach a deadline? Is that a year by year basis of we got to see who's available and who's willing to take calls? Like, or, or does it, does this start of a season make you say, Hey, we don't need to make any adjustments because we feel great about the way we're playing. How are you feeling about the deadline now that it's about a month away? Well, if I look back to 1920, when we won the league that year, uh, we got off to a good start that season and we were heading into the trade deadline and we decided to stay pat and just, I liked our group at that time, the chemistry that we had. Other teams were making a lot of moves, and and we had a great finish to the year. And outside of COVID shutting down the playoffs, I thought we were definitely the best team in the league. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you you have to be careful about adding because it does change the chemistry of your group. If If you're going to add, our philosophy has always been look for that one piece that may give your team a boost. And we did that last year with Taylor Goche coming in. He was the one player we added at the trade deadline. He had a huge impact on our team, uh, one of the best goaltenders in the league. And I thought he was you know, largely responsible for how we turned around our second half. But uh, this season will be the same. We'll, we'll look maybe for one piece that will help our group out. And uh, if that piece is not available I still like our team and I know we can play with anybody yeah the, yeah the way you're playing is, is kind of let you sleep a little bit easier at night if, if there isn't that one guy out there on on the market now you mentioned uh you know the way your group's playing a couple of young guys you know just talking to Nick and, and he he pointed out Chisowski and Newen and the, and the way that they're kind of developing here and there I guess you count the COVID year but their second full season at, at the WHL level it's remarkable your guys ability no matter where you're drafting them or if you have a first round pick or a second round pick to find these guys and then you look up two years later, and there they are, performing and excelling and improving. Uh, what do you think it is about your your ability to develop talent, and what are you seeing from some of those young guys that are filling into bigger roles here for the first time in their career? Well, I think uh, the first thing is our scouting staff does a phenomenal job. Uh, I look back the other day on uh, the last 10 years of draft picks, and we produce, as you know, more NHL players than mm-hmm. any team in our league. Our scouts have the ability certainly to find players in the early rounds, but their skill set is finding players the five through 10, those fifth through 10th rounds 
we found some excellent players. And you mentioned Marcus Newen is, is a good example there. And we had, you know, Kozak the year before. Yeah. Some of our, our top players are guys that our scouts have found later in the draft or even listed. So I think first is scouting. The second thing is development. When they get here, we have to have a very good development plan for them. And as all organizations talk about, but they don't often do, is you have to have patience with the players because they're young guys and they're guys that are moving away from home and, and the whole environment's new. Uh, you have to get, you have to be patient. You you can't get frustrated with the players because uh, as we look at our team, some of our young guys that we were patient with have all of a sudden now become really core impact right. players at 18, 19, 20, which we really need. Yeah, it's a, that, that is a, a delicate balancing act I know that we, we've talked about before. You know, one of the things that has improved a ton for you guys and has really stood out here in the last couple of weeks is, I mean, almost going the entire month of November without a regulation loss. I know you didn't have the weekend you wanted this past weekend, but the the, the power play is just jumping off the page when you watch your, your team and how effective they've been. I believe the top power play numbers now in, in the WHL. Like, what has, what has clicked there? Is it just having more reps, more continuity? Is there something you've changed? Uh, schematically because that that seems to be every night when I'm turning the you know the broadcast on or checking out the box score those numbers are jumping off the page every game yeah well there's a there's a couple things uh, we've had um, a good focus on the power play the last several years and and I think the players the young players that we started to put on the power play last year have really grown into their roles and their reads and the other thing is, to be honest, like uh, Kyle Gustafson came back from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. He's a very good power play coach, and he's done an excellent job with that group. Um, I thought this year, right from day one, he had some different looks that he brought from the NHL level to our group, and our group has responded. Out of the gate, they were strong in the power play, and it makes us a dangerous team. If you take a penalty against us, uh, we have the ability to score right away. So you have to be careful against our group. If you're going to take penalties, yeah, it makes him play defend you a little more delicately too, as as well, and maybe that yeah. opens up your offense a little bit because they're worried about taking the penalty and and giving the power play opportunity. Uh, we got the Teddy Bear Toss game coming up, and I can't wait. It sounds like it's it's almost a sellout. It's always a fun night when it comes around. What's your what's your vantage point like during the uh, Teddy Bear Toss night, and how many teddy bears fall into your uh, your portion of the bench there? Well, it's a pretty exciting night, as you know, because not only. Uh, for our players, whoever scores the first goal, what an, what an opportunity, what a night. You yeah. score a goal and then 5,000 teddy bears, 6,000 teddy bears <laughs> converge on the ice and are thrown from the stands. It's also a great fan experience to, to interact with the team and the game in that way. I'm not sure when it came about, but it must have been seven, eight years ago that teddy bear tosses came into existence at different uh, arenas throughout North America. But it's a great initiative, and then we can give back to the kids as we um, take those teddy bears after the game and we distribute them through the hospital. So it's just a fun night overall. And uh, I know right now looking at the the attendance projections for that game, it could potentially be a sellout, which would be great for the team, great for the fans. Yeah, Saturday night home game, Seattle in town, thousands of teddy bears, a sellout. It, it's going to be a lot of fun, and you got some other big games coming up, including Seattle tonight. So I do, I know you're busy. You get to, it's a game day for you, so I always appreciate taking a few minutes. I love catching up and uh, hearing your thoughts on how the team's playing. Continued success. Thanks as always, Coach, and we'll, we'll do this again soon. Thanks, Andy, for the time. Appreciate it.
All right, that'll do it for episode six. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Thanks again to Nick Merrick for hopping on the pod. Thanks again to Mike Johnston. I always enjoy those conversations. I love uh, hearing the little anecdotes about, you know, Kyle Gustafson coming back from the NHL level and uh, kind of implementing some new power play schemes for them. They are clearly working the top power play unit right now in the WHL. They have been explosive on special teams, uh, and it really makes them tough to beat when they're putting in a couple of power play goals, it feels like, uh, in every single game. And a reminder uh, to fans, if you're listening, we're dropping this episode on Wednesday, November 30th. I know never, not everybody listens right away. Portland is in town. They're playing tonight. Seattle is in town. It's a 7 o'clock puck drop. Back at home on Friday, that is the toy drive night that Nick mentioned. Victoria in town. A good night uh, for Portland to get a win and kind of feel good. Victoria's not having the, the best of seasons. And then the one that I know everybody has circled on their calendar. I know I do every year when the, when the, the schedule comes out. When is the Teddy Bear Toss game? It is coming up a little over a week from now. Saturday, December 10th. Seattle is in town again, so you get the rival Regame and uh, I look. I'm sure a lot of folks who listen to this podcast have been to a Teddy Bear Toss game or two over the years. If you have not, if you're just diving in and trying to learn more about the Hawks, and you happen to have you know stumble across this podcast, that is a game that you want to get to because it is one of the cooler events of the entire year uh, at, at you know in the Portland sporting area. That game is near a sellout, as Nick pointed out. So make sure if you're kind of thinking about ah, do I want to go? When do I need to get tickets? Get them sooner rather than later because it sounds like that game is going to be a sellout here uh, pretty soon, and so it's going to be a lot of fun again Saturday, December 10th, coming up a little over a week from now. One of the one of my favorite nights of the entire year. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be on the TV call with Mike Benton. It's awesome. Teddy Bear is flying all over the place. It's a rivalry game, so can't ask for anything more than that for the Teddy Bear Toss night. Uh, and that will do it for us. So a reminder, no matter if you listen on you know Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you find this, uh, try and download it and subscribe to it. You'll get an update every time a new episode is out. We're planning on coming out with another episode uh, next week after taking a little two-week break there for the Thanksgiving holiday. But that will do it for us. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to the Portland Winterhawks podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Dirk Johnson. Hey, I want to drive the Zamboni. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.